0: Greetings to those who watch below. It's Friday, which means it's time for another stop on our paranormal road trip of the USA. Today we're heading to North Carolina. But before we start, I'd like to say thank you to those who dwell below. Wicked Witch, Lisa Watts, Lefty Kim, Irish Creepy Pasta Guy, Steffi Ray, Christina Groves, Julie B, and Jess Black Curtain. They are part of an exclusive channel membership. gets you shout outs at the start of every video. If you want to find out more, click the link in the description box below. But for now, please sit back, relax and enjoy. Ghostly Gatherings at the Inn by Munster's Babe. First, about this in itself. A couple of years ago, I worked at the 1927 Lake Law Inn and Spa in beautiful Lake Law, North Carolina. The facade of the inn is pale yellow stucco with hunter green shutters. Inside, the lobby is very spacious and filled with the current owner's antiques and memorabilia from days gone by from the inn. President Franklin D. Roosevelt and his wife stayed at the inn during their trip to Western North Carolina. Actors and directors from the movie Dirty Dancing stayed there, as well as many other movie stars and musicians. This really is a place to get away from it all. Antiques tastefully dot the upstairs area and the rooms itself. The original owner was Dr Lucius Morse, he fell in love with the area and wanted to build a hotel there, so around 1925 to 1926, the inn was being built, and in 1927, it was finally opened as the Lake Law Inn. It was said that he did not live to see the grand opening of the hotel. During World War II, the US Army commissioned the inn, and the men serving during the war would stay there and relax or recover from the wounds they had endured. There are many pictures of these soldiers and their families having a grand old time there at the inn. When I first started working at the inn, I felt a little uneasy. It felt like there were a thousand eyes looking at you wherever you went. I was first made aware of the ghosts when I was working in the spa area. I was there late at night alone while cleaning and disinfecting the spa and washing the linens. I always saw shadows move down there. The spa was where I felt most scared when I was alone. Once I was working the morning shift and was helping do some spa laundry. I walked through there alone while carrying some linen. I heard my name being said by what sounded like a man with a low gravelly voice. I dropped the linens and ran out of there as fast as I could. I ran into my supervisor's office and she remarked that I looked like I had just seen a ghost. I told her I didn't see one, but one called my name. She thought it was funny until something similar happened to her. My supervisor had a great many health problems and she stayed in the bathroom a lot because her medicines made her nauseated. She said when she was in the bathroom, she heard someone say, Are you okay? She looked around and no one else was in the bathroom with her. Many guests who have stayed there have reported that a woman would come into their rooms at night and either took them in or would stand there by the bed smiling at them. Some of the guests have packed their bags and left during the middle of the night because of that. One housekeeper said that one Sunday morning a lady walked by her wearing old-fashioned clothes and the housekeeper asked her if she needed anything. The lady replied, no, and she floated down the hallway. That housekeeper quit, unfortunately. Other housekeepers have reported that glasses would break while they were in the rooms cleaning, that a couple of the TVs would turn themselves off and on at will, and the beds which were freshly made would have an imprint on them as if someone had sat on the bed. There was a rumor going around there for years that a lady was killed by her boyfriend or husband at the inn during the 30s or 40s. She had bellied up to the bar there and was flirting with a patrolman. Her boyfriend or husband became jealous and enraged. So later when they got to room 215, he killed her. Whether or not this is true, I'm not sure. I've done some research, but couldn't find anything to substantiate the claim. The night auditors have reported seeing a male figure in the dining room. He would be seen standing by the Grand Fireplace. They say this ghost looks like Lucius Morse, because there's a painting of him in the lobby. They also have reported seeing smoky-like fog descending the Grand Staircase. There have been two ghost investigations done at the inn in recent years. They have reported to catch the EVPs of a woman screaming. The EVP in the spa, telling one of the investigators to get out of there, and even called his name, just like it did to me. There are some speculations that the antiques that the owner has brought in may have some ghost attached to them. They may very well be more than three ghosts that dwell within the ground of the 1927 Lake Law Inn and Spa. If you're ever out visiting Asheville and the surrounding area, take a trip to the Lake Law area. The Chimney Rock Apparitions Chimney Rock, a high stone outcropping near Asheville that can be seen for miles, was the site of one of the oddest series of events ever recorded in North Carolina. In the first few years of the 19th century, residents around the rock reported a number of unusual sightings, including angelic hosts and an aerial battle between armies on winged horses. The story begins on July the 31st, 1806, when eight-year-old Elizabeth Reeves whose family lived in Buncombe County near Chimney Rock, told her older brother that she had seen a man on top of Chimney Rock. In the days before rock climbing was a hobby, this would have been unheard of. Her brother refused to believe her, but when she persuaded him to go look, young Morgan Reeves saw not just one, but thousands of people flying through the air around Chimney Rock. The people the Reeves' children saw were described as being clothed in brilliant white, ranging in size from infant to adult. While they were generally human in shape, the children could not make out any distinct features and there was no clear difference in age or gender. The children called to their mother, Patsy Reeves, who came running. All in all, six people saw the apparition. In addition to Elizabeth, Morgan and Mrs. Patsy Reeves, the youngest Reeves daughter, Polly, a neighbor, Mr. Robert Searcy, and an unnamed woman, all spent the next hour watching a strange spectacle unfold. The crowd of beings rose to the top of Chimney Rock, and when all but a few had gathered there, three members of the crowd rose up above the others, hovered there, and then led the congregation of shining beings up through the air to disappear into the heavens. The account of this strange apparition was printed a few weeks later in the Raleigh Register and Gazette, and then cited again in... and then cited again and Edward Augustus Kendall's travels through the northern parts of the United States in the years 1807 and 1808. Several years later, in 1811, another, perhaps even more strange, apparition appeared by Chimney Rock, when a pair of armies riding tiny winged horses met in a fierce battle in the air. Over the course of several evenings in the summer of that year, multiple witnesses in different locations saw two opposing bands of cavalry riding winged horses circling each other in the sky. On the final evening, the two armies finally engaged each other and clashed in the sky over Chimney Rock. The spectral cavalrymen were armed with swords and witnesses said they could hear the distant sounds of clashing metal and the groans of the wounded. The battle lasted only about 10 minutes, at the end of which the defeated army retreated and the victorious army disappeared into the darkness. Newspapers across the state carried reports of this strange battle. A public meeting was held in Rutherfordton, and public speculation soon settled on the idea that the battle was a divine vision of highlights from the not-so-far-distant Revolutionary War. Why exactly the laws of space and time would be bent so spectacularly to give a handful of spectators an early version of the History Channel wasn't really questioned, but people had more faith in democracy in those days. Why Chimney Rock was host to such a supernatural spectacle two centuries ago, and whether anything like it will be seen again, remains a mystery. The Campus Ghosts by Shy and Kind I'm 18 and attending a campus in Franklin, North Carolina. I've been here for three months and have had many paranormal experiences. On the first night I was on campus, I couldn't sleep. It was four in the morning, and I was surprised to hear footsteps upstairs. The upstairs has no rooms because it's our recreational area, and is always locked at night, so no one can sneak up there and do inappropriate things. The footsteps went back and forth, then up and down the stairs. This repeated three or four times, until they went down the stairs again, into our hallway, and in front of my bay. At that moment, everything went silent and I felt as if something was staring at me. Then, I felt a rush of cold air. I hid under my blankets and started to shake, which I hadn't done since I was five. About two weeks later, my friend Teresa went to the bathroom at three in the morning. Everyone was asleep in their rooms except her. She told me the next morning that when she was in there, one of the showers turned on. The very next day, after classes were over, I went into the dorm and to the bathroom, as I was washing my hands, one of the toilets flushed, but there was nobody in there. Then the stall door opened, but once again, there was nobody to be seen. Needless to say, I ran out of there as quick as possible. The event stopped for a while, except for the occasional walking upstairs at night. The event started happening again about four weeks later. In one of the other female dorms, three of my friends were upstairs watching a movie, at about 10 at night. They were heading downstairs to go to bed, when one of the girls remembered that she had left her blanket on the couch. The girls all went upstairs again. They walked towards the couch, and noticed a little girl, wrapped up in the blanket. They screamed and ran downstairs, leaving one shoe by the couch when they left. The girls needed the shoe, so somebody else went to grab it. When the girl came back down, she told them all that the shoe was by the door. On June the 24th, one day before summer break, I had the biggest paranormal experience that I had had on campus. It took place just after classes were over. During classes, the dorms are locked, and when classes are over, the students go to the dorm and wait for them to be unlocked. After our dorm was unlocked, we all went in and put our stuff on our beds. One of the girls went to her bed and let out an, oh shit. We went over to her and were like, what? She pointed to her pillow, and we all looked over. Our beds have to be made perfectly in the mornings, with no wrinkles in the blankets. Her pillow had an imprint of a head, as if someone was just lying on it right at that moment. Jessica went to grab her camera. She pointed the camera at the spot, and it started to automatically focus on the exact location, as if there was really a person there. And then, it just shut off. That night... Several of us heard running upstairs. Normally walking was heard, but this was the first time that it had been running. There were several more ghost encounters that people have had on campus, but these are the ones I know most about, especially because most of them happened to me. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember, hot and icy cold. The rage of the Earth. We made this curse, oh. carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade Two. Play it now with Game Pass. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, When I was about 14 years old, I was staying with my aunt, uncle and cousin for a week during the summer. They lived in a rural area outside of Winston-Salem, NC. My cousin and aunt had been asked by their neighbor across the street to tend to her flowers while she was out of town. Now, my cousin lives down a long dirt road and a lot of woods surround her home, meaning it is not visible from the road. Directly across from her driveway stands the home of her neighbor. It is a fairly large home, some might even say it's a McMansion. The owner of the home was a woman, whose husband was a judge in Forsyth County. He had recently passed away. I believe he passed away in the home, although I cannot say that that is a fact. Late one afternoon, we all hopped in the car and drove over to her neighbour's home to water her flowers. My aunt was using a pail to water the flowers while my cousin was getting the water hose, I was basically just along for the ride, watching them. My cousin became upset with her mother over something about the time we had got there. She was being a bit ill towards having to water the flowers, I suppose. My aunt made a joke that she better not mess up Mrs. Y's flowers, because Mr. Y was going to get mad at her. We laughed at this, because obviously my aunt was just joking about a dead man being mad. About that time, we started hearing what sounded like the wind blowing, but there was absolutely no wind. Kind of weird, but they kept watering. My cousin then pulled the hose right over a flower bed, when all of a sudden, the noise of wind became even louder. It was a very eerie feeling. My aunt got scared and told us to drop everything and get in the car. So, of course, we ran and jumped in the car, and my aunt took off. We were parked in the back, and when we came around to the side of the house, I looked to my left into a large picture window on the home, and saw what appeared to be a large blue glowing ball of light. It was there for a good 15 seconds. I was in awe, and couldn't say anything but, oh my gosh. I then told my family about the light. Neither one of them saw it. I'm sure of what I saw, though. There was no one in the home. No television on, no lights on. It was daytime. My aunt later told me that she just had a feeling of someone watching her, whether it was a ghost or an actual person, she just felt we needed to leave and that it possibly wasn't safe. We returned with my uncle after telling him what happened. He bought along his shotgun just in case, but there was no sign of anything or anyone. The house was locked up and there was no one on her property, so we left. Just about a month ago, I was visiting my cousin when she brought up the situation, only to tell me that the home had been broken into recently She said that a police officer was walking around the outside of the home, looked into the big picture window, and saw a bright blue ball of light. The home has since been sold to another couple, who were not home at the time of the break-in, and police were dispatched by their home alarm system. So, there were only three officers on the property. The officer had told what he saw to my uncle, in the hopes that my uncle could explain why this light had been seen, possibly that the couple leaves the television on, Or have some other kind of light in that room, but my uncle had no explanation to give. Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it. What state would you like to see me head over to next? Please let me know in the comments section below and I'll make sure to pick one. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel, making sure to hit that notification bell so you never miss a video. So, Until next time, sleep tight.